Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears.
Jeremy. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Dead Man's Party at the Speakeasy Cafe's open mic poetry show Halloween special. And it is going to be an incredible night tonight. Now, remember, we never have a theme here. So you can read whatever you want, whenever you want. But it would be really, like, super cool if you brought spooky palms tonight. Just saying. All right. You can, oh, by the way, I wanted to let you know, too, it doesn't have to be yours. So maybe you wanted to read something yours, and then you wanted to read a second poem of, like, a drum poem or something. That would be, like, really cool. So it doesn't, a spooky poem doesn't have to be yours if you want to read someone else's if you don't have one. But you still want to, get, like, get involved in the coolness, the super coolness. <laughs> All right. We have a couple things that we do at the beginning of this episode, and this is something that I'm bound by contract to do over the last couple years. It is Halloween night, and we are going to play my creepy stalker poem. Okay, it's my Halloween poem. Um, a lot of you know poet Andrew Scott up there from the east coast of Canada. Him and I passed poetry prompts one time, and the, the challenge was to pair up and see who could write the creepiest stalker poem to the other person. You know, who could, which one of you could write, like, the creepiest stalker poem? And so we both wrote one, and this was my version. And I had it sitting there for years. And, you know, I always tell everybody that, you know, don't rush a poem. Every poem has its home, right? So I was looking online at some of the journals that were accepting submissions one year. And it was 20 uh, – what was it? No, I can't remember. I'm going to have to pull it up so I can plug them here in a little bit later in the show. But with this uh, – this crime journal was posting nothing but crime poetry. You had to be like the criminal or the detective or the whatever, right? So I thought, oh, I'm going to submit this just for fun. And so I submitted it, and it got accepted. I was really surprised because it was not really a good poem. <laughs> but then they got sent me an email and said, do you mind, could you record this for us, or would you mind record us recording this to put on our uh, put on our homepage? And it's like, um okay, they had no clue because I just submitted it blind. They had no clue that I did spoken word or did performance poetry. And so it's like they didn't know what they asked for. So I said, no, no, I'll, I'll record it and send it to you. <laughs> so I recorded this, sent this to them, and I think I scared them with it. It scares me. After I got done writing this, I swear to gosh, you guys, I was seriously calling people saying, um, do you want to come stay the night with me tonight? And Because I was like scared to be alone with myself. <laughs> That's how creepy this poem is. So anyway, it's called Enter the Sandman. It's my creepy Halloween poem, which I'm bound by contract to play. Here you go. We'll be right back. Enter the Sandman. Ticket, sir, your ticket. Thank you. You have a good day. I'll at night 
eyes my unblinking white hide well my lover's stare that follow follows you everywhere your lips move beyond my hearing but not for long I know it's me you're just simply daring to just come closer like 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 when I'm bending over while watching you sleeping sleeping some some call it peeping but what do they know of this Over and over, breath sucked in from an almost kiss. Your breath inside me, your breath inside me, as I stand in the shadows, touching like this. And this, and this, all night long, till early hours turn late, second hands race around the clock as I wait till, till just moments before. Silver-handled scissors snip. Another lock of hair. And I have another night's souvenir. Then, then, then out the window, out the window as your alarm clock rings, I disappear with only seconds to spare. This, this time, 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 That was my creepy Halloween poem, Enter the Sandman. And, uh, yeah, there we have it. (laughs) All right, so our Halloween special, you guys, the way this is going to work tonight is you can call in and read one of your own poems. You can read your own poem and a scary poem you've written, or you can read your own poem and a scary poem that someone else has written. If you want to read or want to pose or Yates. I've got some really cool tracks uploaded tonight. I don't know how busy we're going to be. So, you know, I don't know how many of you are out there running around being my little wildlings. <laughs> I'm creating things to write about. Um, but, yeah, so I have I have some really great 
piece of some scary, spooky stuff, some surprising things to play for you tonight, depending on how full the uh, phone lines end up getting. I'm not sure. First time we've actually done the show on Halloween night, which is pretty cool and monumentous for me. Wahaha. All right. So anyway, (laughs) kind of want to go over some things. Number to call in tonight if you would like to call in on our dead man at our dead man's party at the Speakeasy Cafe. You can do so by calling in at 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. We'll be getting to our callers in just a moment. I have some things I want to go over real quick. If you're interested in putting together a workshop with us, you can email. Probably actually the easiest way for you to get a hold of me is to shoot me a message on Facebook Messenger. If I'm not on your contacts list, my name is Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you'd like to put together. We can do these live, pre-recorded. We can do them pre-recorded live. You can send in to me as an mp3 file whatever you want to do just let me know what your idea is what you want to put together and we'll get that done and be able to share that with everybody i want to thank all of our sponsors this year who helped keep us on air for our three-hour shows weekly for the year of 2019 appreciate you guys stepping up to the plate i want to read them off real quick because it you know what they did was pretty spectacular it kind of shows you what our community here that you guys have built means to everybody. I love that. So our sponsors, James, James, one sapien, Sean Gullickson, Rosalind Prentice, John Kays, Paul Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Mangus Khan, Ronald P. Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Ponchapalli, Christy Doherty, and Julia Vargas, and Michael W. Ingseth. I really know that I'm probably butchering his last name. But I want to thank you guys on behalf of the community.
Once, upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. To some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. How distinctly I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating to some visitor, entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor, entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. Presently, my soul grew stronger. Hesitating then no longer, sir, said I, or oh, madam, truly, your forgiveness I implore, but the fact is, I was napping. And so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here, I opened wide the door. Darkness there. Nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering. Long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before, but the silence was unbroken. The stillness gave no token. The only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again, I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what there at is in this mystery explore. But my heart is still a moment. In this mystery explore, tis the wind. And nothing more. Open here, I flung the shutter. When, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance, maybe, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace, just above my chamber door, perched and sat, nothing more. Then, 
This ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stirred decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly, grim, and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Clutonian shore, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Much I marvel this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore, for we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculpted bust upon his chamber door, with such a name as Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the pallet bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did up poor. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow, he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then, the bird said, Startled by the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, doubtless said I, what it utters is its only stock in store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven, still beguiling all my fancy into smiling straight, I wield a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to blinking fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er she shall press on evermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer swung by seraphim his footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee. By these angels he hath sent thee respite. Respite and nepenthe from the memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still a bird or devil. Whether tempter sent, or whether tempest tossed be here ashore, desolate, yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me, truly I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, think of evil, prophet, still a bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore. Tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden 
and the angels named Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked up starting, get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore, leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken, quit the bust above my door, take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door, quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the pallid bust of palace just above my chamber door. To his eyes have all the seeming of a demon that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul, from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor, shall be lifted. That was The Stolen Child by William Butler Yates. It's one of my absolute favorite poems of all time, by the way, just so you know. So I was not sure if I was, I had to plan X one just to make sure we did a mic check because I had people telling me they couldn't hear me at the beginning of the show. So I don't know if any of the beginning of the show was recorded or you heard me talking or not. So I guess we'll find that. Um 
I guess we'll find that out in a minute, <laughs> which really sucks because it was a really great, great beginning to the show, you guys. Oh, my God, I went over so much stuff, but I don't want to do it all again because it's time to get you guys. And see, it's fucking goblins, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> so if, you, if it wasn't there, the, the ghost stole it. I don't know, but let's get on to the rest of this. <laughs> the number to call in tonight, you guys, is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. If you are on hold, we take callers in the order that you call in, such as caller from area code. Where in the hell is my pen that works? All right. Ah, I got it. 989 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code and we'll be able to bring you on. When I bring you onto the air, make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading and your name is attached to your work. We're going to start out uh, doing one poem, or if you brought a scary poem, you can do two poems. So, like, you can read one of your poems in a scary poem, or you can read, like, one of your poems in someone else's scary poem, or just read one of your poems. Okay, one of them has to be a spooky one if you're going to read two tonight. So, then. After you are done reading, make sure that you give out your URL so people will know how to come over and find you after you're done reading. Then the next thing is that remember that we do have a mature rating, and so you're bound to hear just about anything on here without, with the exception of, um, of porno poems. Uh, no, no bumping body parts, no tab A and the slot B, and you're good to go. We don't have an adult rating. We have mature rating. So kind of bear that in mind. I'm going to go ahead and give you our first three callers so you know where you are. We'll have 989 and 731 and uh, 419 will be our first callers. I do want to let area code uh, 407 and 765. 407, 765. I want you guys to know that you are not in the lineup. If you'd like to come on the air and share with us tonight, just press 1 and that will boost you up there. Okay. Let me know that it's okay to unmute you. That's there we go. So the only one we have left is 765, 765. If you want to come in the air, press 1. If you're here just listening, glad you're here. Hope you enjoy the show. And if you change your mind at any time, press 1, and that will put you on the lineup, 765 area code. If you want to come on, press 1 at any time. Otherwise, just hang out. Have fun. We're good. So happy Halloween show. Happy spooky, spooky show. I cannot believe you guys didn't hear the beginning of the show. I had so much. It was so fun. Okay. Let's go ahead and get caller 989 on the air. 989, are you with me? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So, Hi, it's George. Uh, <laughs> can you George, hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now almost completely through the, through your intro, your poems and, the, you know, the raven and all that. I could barely, I could only occasionally hear it. You know, and at times it was completely silent. So I'm sorry. I, I guess I, I may be alone, but I didn't, uh, I didn't get a chance to, to hear any of that, like you said. But who knows? Next time. I was brilliant. Literally oh, sure brilliant. I was. It was the only well, time in my whole history of being on the show where I absolutely nailed it. I made the cake perfect, man. I nailed it, and nobody was here. Nobody was there. We were all, we were, I'm sure we were all sitting just tapping on our phones, you know, or whatever we were doing, uh, um, because I, it, it was um, almost nothing. But hey, what the heck? Maybe there was oh. a goblin. Some goblin was in your phone system something. or something. Oh, I'm so bummed out. 
Okay. All right. Well, we'll see if we get time to interject some of that back into the show later on and throughout the readers tonight. Well, I, I can't. Uh, I wrote a piece yesterday. I, I can't. Uh, um, I can't compete with Edgar Allan Poe. I'm sure, but this one is more of a pro style, and it is called "Life, Death, and Music on Halloween." It sounded like an old organ. So she nudged her husband awake and asked if he, too, heard it. His eyes partly closed. He said no. She lay back, and there it was again. She rose and went to the hall. The large old house had its creaks and groans, but this was music. They had bought it cheap and intended to modernize it one day. She listened more. The music was coming from above her. She climbed the narrow, steep steps to the attic and slowly opened the door. There he was, their son Jimmy. He had died three years before at the age of 11. He and his father had gone trick-or-treating, and a piece of candy had been poisoned. Jimmy only lived for three days, despite thorough work, the police had never found the culprit. But now, here was Jimmy in front of her. She could hardly breathe. He was sitting at the old organ, a candle lighting his hands. He was playing a serene Bach interlude expertly. He had never been musical, despite her urges to teach him the piano. She was the classical pianist and could not move her love of it to her son at all. Her hands held out. She slowly approached. Could it be? He glanced at her. She came closer, and he played more loudly, more earnestly. She reached to touch his shoulder, but he pushed her hand away abruptly. Why? He played more fervently. The music turned to the angrily imperial notes of Wagner. This was unbelievable. She asked him why he wouldn't let her approach. He glared and kept her away with a stern and firm, firm hand. She began to cry, and the music picked up even more. Now he was playing Bruckner, number eight, the, the apocalyptic, with staccato and crescendo and, and Andrew. Everything about him was expert and angry and almost feverish. He would not look at her. She was crushed, her tears moistening her bathrobe. His coldness froze her hopes, turned her spine to cotton. She put Where'd you go? Did we lose him or did we lose me? Are you there?
The Hag, a poem written by Robert Herrick. The hag is astride this night for to ride, the devil and she together, through thick and through thin, now out and then in, though ne'er so foul be the weather. A thorn or a burr she takes for a spur, with a lash of a bramble she rides now, through brakes and through briars, or ditches and mires, she follows the spirit that guides now. No beast for his food dare now range the wood, but hushed in his lair he lies lurking, while mischiefs by these on land and on seas, at noon of night, are a-working. The storm will arise and trouble the skies, this night, and more for the wonder, the ghost from the tomb affrighted shall come, called out by the clap of the thunder. Okay, so that, <laughs> that was a piece called The Hag, and it was written by Robert Herrick. And sorry for the issues that we are having tonight. I'm going to watch for him to come back online, so we get him back here. Oh, that was 989 area code. I'm not sure what's going on. Just bear with us, guys, because, you know, we might always do it pretty, but we always do it. So let's go ahead and get on to our next caller, and we will bring him back on if I see his call come back on, up on the, on the uh, lines here. 731, you are on the air. Hi, Nile. Everything's great here in West Tennessee. We've got no spooks and goblins. I'm telling you, man. Studio, but not in the <laughs> studio. They're messing with me tonight. I think you had a visit by the Salem sisters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so too I think so too So what you doing my darling Well I'm, I'm I'm going to read some stuff By my friend Stephanie Bradbury And On one hand You might not say that these are uh, Halloween poems But to, they're actually quite tense And quite frightening She scares me to death So uh, <laughs> I think you'll pick up on that Okay Anyway I just sent her an email to tell her I was sharing some of her stuff with friends and she hadn't responded to me. She hadn't said no, so better start now before she does. Uh, two pieces here. That between the two of them, they won't last five minutes, okay? I'll read them both back to back and then we'll talk. The first one is called True Story. A man I met online once asked me for pictures of my shoes all lined up in rows. He had a thing for shoes all kinds, but preferred the heavily worn ones to the new or barely worn. I considered this until he asked for specific angles and lighting and for all tied shoes to be tightly tied. And he wanted to see the black ones first. This is when I had to say no and suggested he go to a mall to take pictures of their shoes. But it's not the same, he said. No one's walked in them yet. 
or threw them in anger. They have no past lives. I think of him sometimes when I'm taking off my shoes, which as a rule, I always leave mismatched in the closet, turned to the side, and untied. Next poem, titled 6.48 p.m. A dog barks outside. I think it sounds big, or at least it tries. This goes on till I step outside, and then all is quiet. There is no dog barking. There's no cat clawing away at a tree. There is only the wind where a tree pierced the sky and the dog that waits for me to go back inside. End poem. Okay, that one was, that. they were both great. That second one, that was amazing. That's my definitely my favorite of the two. Yeah, that's one that really got my attention. Uh, when I, was, I read that the other day, and I said, "This is coming to Halloween night at Speakeasy." <laughs> and then, and this other one, she she put in during the week. I just screenshot it because I read almost everything on my phone these days. So uh, anyway, I said, that's that's coming too. So I had to be careful. I can just get the big collection there. And she's a painter too. Yeah. She like paint stuff a lot. She's pretty. She's really neat. She's in the I would love to see her. I would love to see her paint the picture of that poem you just read. The 648 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe she'll hear this show and hear your <laughs> request and we'll go from there. That would I would never dream of asking her to do anything. Oh, I will. Give me your link. I'll tell her. <laughs> I'm, I don't your mind link. giving people homework. <laughs> Hey, her link is right there on your email that we'll be going back and forth. Awesome. Okay. That works for me. See it? www.facebook.com slash stephanie.hopkinsradbury. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the picture that she's got on there, is, is, that's for trick-or-treating Halloween. She made a special one for that. I made a special picture this week for Halloween, too. Did you? I, I dressed up as a Hershey's Kiss. <laughs> sort of. That's awesome. Anyway. All right, well, look, while everything's working really good now, let me step aside and let's get somebody else in here. And uh, everything's worked fine with me, so I must be your little good luck charm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, awesome. I'm glad. All right, sweetheart. Do you want to, uh, well, you won't give out anything. This is Michael Todd, T-O-D-D. Find him on Facebook. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Love you. Thank you for sharing her with us tonight. I think. Good night. (laughs) Good night, sweetheart. All righty. So I am looking for, not back yet. Let's go ahead and bring on area code 419, 419, you're on the air. Hello, Miss Nyla, how are you? Hi, you can hear me, yay. <laughs> yeah, I, well, it was in and out. When we lost George, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to lose her again. And unfortunately, he was cut, but I, I was able to stay. But the beginning, I heard it, and then I didn't for a long time. I called in four times back. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because I wanted to share the Halloween poem like any other day. <laughs> so. I know, right? <laughs> crazy. But I like the one you played. That was awesome. 
<laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> At least you guys got to hear those, right? Right, right, yeah. I like the Raven. You can't go wrong with the Raven on Halloween. That's awesome. <laughs> or Christopher Watkins. I mean, I oh, he is so sexy. Yeah. Even oh, as an old guy. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh, really? You <laughs> would if you saw him. You would if you saw him and you go, oh, I love that guy. I promise. I know you. You will like him. I don't know. I don't Watkins. love people. <laughs> well, so you can say, I, I love him. <laughs> okay, that that that's good for me. Yeah, that's good for me. <laughs> uh, well, if anyone doesn't know me, I'm Shelly Gambino uh, or Agent Four One Nine. I I have a, a Halloween one, and I have another one. If there's time at the end, just let me know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this one's entitled "A Night of Living Hell." Ghosts, goblins, and so much gore. Witches, bats, black cats, and more. This is what Halloween is all about, as young kids get scared and let out a shout. Piercing screams and a frantic yelp make you terrified as you seek for help. Turning every corner carefully with dread, a boogie monster jumps out at you with a knife stuck in his head. Vampires, mummies, and spiders, too, they all appear and scare the hell out of you. Blackness imprisons you with fear, and you can't wait to get the hell out of here. Every step you take could be your last. In this dark dungeon, you run very fast. Then, when you're at your wit's end, a damn bloody vampire jumps out at you again. When you feel you are done and you can't take any more, watch out. For you, there is more in store. Your knees start to tremble and they cannot stop. Be careful where you step. The floor might drop. There is no turning back once you're in. And if you choose the wrong path, you might have to start all over again. You can't get out. You feel rather trapped. Watch out. It's your shoulders someone just tapped. You start to quiver again with fear and mumble to yourself, I want to get the hell out of here. There is nothing you can do or nothing you can say to make these spying, quivering creatures go away. The hair on your back begins to stand. You begin to wish you were in a different land. Finally, you spot a light ahead of you. Watch out. It's a grave digger, and he'll bury you, too. You beg for someone to let you out. You begin to tremble, panic, and shout. But there is no one to help you. You are all alone, and the only sound you hear is an echoing moan. Finally, in the distance, you discover a door, hoping and praying this is it and there isn't any more. Congratulations, you're finally out, is what I heard my friend shout. What did you think, my friend asked of me. I said, wait until next year, you'll see. There is no other special time of year as Halloween night loaded with fear. End poem. (laughs) That that was incredible. Did you really? Yeah, 1990. (laughs) Yeah. I went to a haunted house and I'm claustrophobic, so it kind of felt like everything I was going through. <laughs> that is so cool that you found it. It's so cool that you still have it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I got a bunch that I wrote back from the 90s, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, if can I read one more? It's a lot shorter than that one. Yes, ma'am. Or Okay, I just didn't know what your show. Um, this one is called Upon the Shores of the Merrimack. It was written in Newburyport, Massachusetts on the Merrimack River. Um, 2013. Solitarily, I walk alone. Wait, I'm sorry, start over. Sorry. Solitarily, I walk upon the lonesome beach. Thousands of particles of sand remind the human mind that you are not alone. The sounds of the waves crashing, building, cresting, and rolling over, becoming one with themselves, gradually growing confidence and self-esteem. Upon the shores of the Merrimack, I dream A fishing town, a boom industry, shipyards and workers, old haunts of the past have been here before. 
a time long ago but not forgotten, history being so much of what it is today, to give in to learn in what you take away. A fond memory had been created in me, the memory of the causeway and what it did to me, wishing for the times to be like that again, to bring peace and prosperity back to the region. Quaint stilt houses on the village shore, within me I still remember the silent roar of the Merrimack, where I decided to take my life back. And boom. That was incredible. Both of those were incredible, Shelley. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> She's just so giggly. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's just with the paint fumes. I've been working on my house for the last three days. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Uh, and maybe the asbestos from the flooring or something. I don't know. <laughs> but that's thank funny. You. <laughs> All right, my love. Tell everyone how they can come find you, Shelley. Um, I'm on Facebook. I have my own. It's a public site. It's called Poetical Intrigue. Um, not political. I don't want to go there. But Poetical Intrigue. I post all my poems on there. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us tonight and coming on and reading. You did a fantastic job. Thank you. I look forward to speaking with you guys again. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. All right. Thank you, honey. Bye-bye. Bye, Shelly. Bye. Agent 419. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 540. 540, you're on the air. Oh, hey. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing awesome, sweetheart. How are you? Oh, uh, I'm uh, doing pretty good. I was really worried about all the, the stuff that was going on earlier, but down here in uh, Virginia, <clears throat> excuse me, we're having storms right now. It is literally a dark and stormy Halloween night down here in the hills. Oh, you have to write something. I know. It was a dark and stormy night. There was a scream. I mean, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it really is. I mean, I feel so, I feel bad for the kids. Cause, uh, but, it's, I mean, it's been pouring the rain here. I mean, uh Gully washer rain type and very high winds uh, been blowing through here tonight. So not much of a trick or treat. So tonight, tonight I want you to write a poem in in true Appalachian style called "Night of the Gully Walker." The gully washer, night of the gully washer. Night of the gully walker. I want you to write it in in. In old mountain legend type storytelling, Night of the Gully Walker. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a uh, uh, <laughs> it's gully. But you have to walker. work on it tonight while it's stormy and it's Halloween. You got to start it tonight. Uh, oh yeah, I will. <laughs> I, I, I will. Okay. I will. Yeah, you get down to what we call frog level. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Um, well, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, oh, you, uh, I like the, uh, the Raven earlier because, you know, I'm a Virginian and, uh, Poe is from, was from Virginia. Got to start down mm-hmm. here. We grow two poets down here in Virginia. <laughs> yes, you do. So, uh, 
Um, I've got I've got two, but uh, if I can only do one, I'll. Uh, would you rather hear a, the Wood Booger of Inboden Hill or the Cowboy Zombies from Outer Space? You can do two. Oh, I can. No, yeah. One of them's your well, Halloween poem. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> you can tell I'm. You can probably hear my voice. I'm, I'm a little raspy because of uh, the way the weather is down here. But uh, how about we? Uh, we'll start with uh, the Wood Booger of Inboden Hill. Ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <clears throat> This here is a true story and not a concoction to thrill. About the night I saw the creature of Imboden Hill. Now, Imboden Hill is a mountain just outside of town where I take my old trail bike to just ride around. The headlight on my scooter didn't use a battery. Lit by a magneto, it worked off the motor, you see. As long as the bike was running, it gave me some light. It's all I had riding home from Inboden on that dark night. Now, I'd heard the stories of Hanks. I thought they were kooky. But the road by the old Inboden graveyard was kind of spooky. Though I had the high beam on, it was still hard for me to see when, in the flickering light, something big crossed the road just ahead of me. This thing was so big, I mean, it really made my eyes pop. So I stomped hard on the brake and slid my bike to a stop. Now, figuring out where it had gone really wasn't that hard. It come down from the hill into the bushes just above the graveyard. <clears throat> no folks have tried to tell me that this was a deer or a bear from the bogs. It was all furry brown, over seven feet tall, with hind legs and ears like a dog's. In the moment, surprised, more bewildered than scared, and a curious man, I decided to investigate. Leaving the motor running, I put down the kickstand. In the light's faint glow, I walked over to the bank to see if there was a track. In doing so, I had put the bushes this creature had went into behind my back. Now, such things as spooks, vampires, and werewolves, I would always scoff, but a noise from the bushes made me spin around, and just then, my bike died, and the light went off. I'm telling you, nothing in my life had ever given me such a scare for just a few feet away. In the bushes, in the dark, some large something was just a standing there. The sheer instincts instantly kicked in for my survival to keep. I was back on that bike and kicking it to life in one giant leap. And though I wanted to scream, I could only utter a squeal when past this creature I roared by, riding up on just one wheel. I came off in Bowden Hill with the throttle at full crack. I don't know what that thing was, but I ain't never going back. Now, that's my whole story. <clears throat> it's the real deal. And if you don't believe me, you go on and see for yourself on some dark, stormy, 
Halloween night up there on Imboden Hill. Boo! <laughs> I love that so much. I'm I'm wiggling. <laughs> that that was amazing. <laughs> oh man, been a long time since I've been <laughs> did that one. <laughs> oh, I, I love Shelly's. Um, by the way, I, I I wanted to get that in real quick. That was just a wonderful, wonderful piece that she did. Mhm. Uh, I mean, just excellent. Um. Okay. Ready for the cowboy zombies? <laughs> I I am. I am. No. Right, here we go. It's it's not long, so. Cowboy Zombies from Outer Space by Philip Kentchurch. It's a creepy, strange story about a Halloween night. The wolves were all howling. The full moon was bright. Then there come a UFO that shot down light, beaming down cowboy zombies. And it was given such a fright. They all seemed real hungry. Guess I was looking just right. I had to choose to take off running or make a stand and fight. I ran and jumped in my truck. I couldn't find the keys. I tried taking off on foot, but couldn't move my knees. If I don't get away from them, they'll do as they please. They'll make a main course of me with a side of bees. Staggering in their cowboy hats and boots with an aim to seize, there just ain't no escaping from the cowboys on bees. Yeah, they're eating folks for fun. It's a really strange case. You better get your gun before they dine on your face. Ain't nowhere left to run. Really ain't no safe place. From the cowboy zombies from outer space. (laughs) You know, when you started reading that, I pictured a cowboy skeleton zombie thing coming up and eating my brain. And I thought, oh, my God, do you know how scary that would be to eat my brain? So then I was thinking, that cowboy zombie better have worn spurs because it's going to be a hell of a ride in there. (laughs) 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 That was an awesome, awesome poem. I loved it. Oh, thank you. Uh, happy uh, Halloween and Merry Sam Hain and <laughs> to you <laughs> and uh, yours and uh, so moke it be. Um, I'm going to get on off of here and y'all can find me on Facebook at Philip Church or and um, I want to do a plug my book The Notorious Black Sisters Murder and Madness Southern style has uh, just come out again with a new revision, and this time there's actually some photographs of the evil sisters and all in the back of it. You can find that on uh, Amazon at uh, uh, you can you can Google uh, I'm not, not Google I'm sorry you can search on Amazon for uh, the Notorious Black Sisters uh, or Murder and Madness Southern style or just my name Philip One L Kent K E N T Church. So uh, there's my plug. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to get on off here and I'll show up hopefully next week.
Thank you so much for being such a fun participant tonight, every night, but tonight, that you just brought your A-game. That was incredible. Fantastic both of them, so thank you. No problem, no problem. And uh, <laughs> y'all, uh, you know, uh, it's a dark and stormy night out there, so, you know, get your uh, quills and your parchment and uh, make sure ain't no big black birds flying uh, <laughs> around your... Legend and, uh, of the Gully Walker. I'll uh, see you next week. All right. Remember, Legend of the Gully Walker. You got it. That's just, a, that's just a cool name, isn't it? Seriously, though, that's a really cool name, Gully Walker. Cause it's just, I'm like, oh, my God, it's a Gully Walker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, we'll Jabberwocky. <laughs> yeah, Jabber, yeah. All right, Philip. Thank you, sweetheart. All right. Bye bye, hun. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Uh, it's a dead man's party here at the Speakeasy Cafe. We've been having some issues with the show tonight, but we're still here doing it, scary as it may be. Remember, if you'd like to call in tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. And our next caller comes from area code 216. 216, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Mama. How are you? And you see the great form of everybody, the energy. Oh, I'm just loving it, loving it. Shelly, the last caller. You're, you're echoing, Mama. You're, you're echoing really bad. Are you on speaker? Oh, let me go and cut that off. Yeah. Because it sounds scary. Not yet. Is that better? That's way better. That's a million times better. Okay. I was saying I loved everybody, Shelly's energy and her uh, cadence and her delivery. Oh, my goodness. It's just exciting. The last guy that just went off uh, is that uh, and Philip. Oh, my goodness, everybody. But I'm really mm-hmm. wanting you to bring that book. I really want you to bring that person back on because I was getting into the poem. It was very, very well done. And then I wanted to know what happened. Um, and then all of a sudden he clicked off and uh, George, signed yeah. him back. George's poem. Yeah, I, I sent him good. a message and told him to, to, you know, somebody else has him on his me- on your, their messenger, message him again. Tell him to, tell him to call back in because I'm watching for him. Well, I can't look for him because I'm kicked off, kicked off of Facebook again for the sixth time. Um, <laughs> I don't I just can't get on it. So everybody go on Facebook and uh, put put a, a, a post up there. It says, where is Mama Oladeji? Why you keep kicking her off? A.K.A. <laughs> Vicky Aqua. <laughs> no doubt. No, I'm just tired of them. I wanted to read the Paul, Paul Revere's ride, but I don't feel like reading it now. I'm going um, to read another scary story. And then I'll read one of my own. So, um, Midnight Paul Revere's Ride, I'm going to close it out. I changed my mind. I'm going to tell the story about it in a small town because I know some true stories like this in a small town. And I'm the type of child that when I went trick-or-treating, I was always enjoying mostly doing a trick, especially for those mean people that never gave us a treat. So I would always go 
you know, ring the bell, knowing they're not going to come until you just keep ringing it. And then we would put our butts up to the window, and all they would see was little <laughs> booties looking up. <laughs> I'm picturing a little mama butt pressed against the glass, like a kid at a, knows, it, knows at a candy store. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, priceless. This is, this, is a, this is a story, a true story, about how some of the people in small towns handle their little evil people. Um, I thought this was a good one. I didn't write it, but it fits into my character. In a small town, a witch laid a curse on everybody that they shall suffer from a life, from lifetime of bad luck. The witch was very evil, but no one dared to confront her because she cannot be killed since magic can only be killed with magic, and the witch can curse anyone who vexed her. Then one day, a brave young man had an idea. He went to the witch's house while she was out. He broke in, and, of course, he found the toilet, knowing that the witch was a very bad hygiene. So he found what he was looking for. The young man carefully stood his plan, and then he went home. When the witch returned, she found that someone had smeared, smeared poop all over her front door. Using her angry magic, she caused the sky to thunder and the wind to blow, and then she gave a curse. Whoever's bowed this abomination on my door came from May their insides burst and melt to nothing, and may they die an agonizing death. The next day, the town had never felt so at ease. In peace. <laughs> I love that ending. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Okay, this, so. this ain't so bad. This is kind of nice. Like I, I, this is. I could. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> so, this is my own version of a true story, and I think this is like killed Halloween for a lot of people here in Ohio, Cleveland, especially. And the name of the piece is called A Fate Worse Than Death. And like I said, it's a true story, so um, it kind of takes the fun out of Halloween. He raped and held them against their will for the thrill. Ten years he had his way. One of the girls, now women, made their great escape. It was three of them. And when they left, they even took the baby that the rapist kidnapper made. While in jail, he was now the one who would be at the mercy of someone, a natural son. So today, he hung himself. He hung himself while on suicide watch. Why did he take the coward's way out? They needed or wanted to his fresh behind to feel the wrath stealing and abusing our youthful girls 
and for the plundering of his human cat. He had no heart and felt no remorse. He even said it was their fault for accepting a ride with a stranger at night. He would have his way for 10 years. In the day, he locked them away like some used-up sex toys. We were stuffed in a closet night and day, painfully locked away, they said, only allowed to come out and play from the box in which we stayed, as if we were some boring old toy in a trunk for which we had no choice. We who had no voice wondered what God had mercy on this incorrigible man. What God had mercy on this incorrigible man and spared him from a deplorable death. Instead of feeling the pain his victims felt, did they give him back his belt and let him die his way? Did they give him ample time to pray as he ended his life today? Certainly, in a Cleveland cell, there were people waiting to show him just how it felt our victim as a merciless prey. So it abuses criminals' brutality for 10 years and a day. Suicide for him was more inviting. Death for him was a softer way. Today, death was his best friend. Death saved him from fate's cruel hand. He chose to die a milder way than receive the punishment that he would have befell. A fate worse than death was awaiting had he lived in a Cleveland jail cell. The same fate that those victims encountered was what awaited him in that Cleveland cell. And yet, chose a milder way. But we wish that his fate was worse than death. Yes, his fate would have been a worse you know the emotion in that piece comes out so tangible you know the no I want you to feel what they felt you know the, how just the, the cheated the anger and being cheated you know the, the venom that felt in that piece was just that was incredible yeah, he's just going to go hang himself? Like, what? Ten years of torturing those girls? You know, oh, my God. He even gave one of them a baby that she has to raise this baby? No, I don't think she's going to let that baby celebrate Halloween. I know that. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think that baby's about, about between eight and ten years old now. So that's a fate worse than death. And, it's an, and sometimes... Reality is scarier than the horror movies that we make up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciated that piece. I appreciate the venom in that piece. Fantastic job, Mama. All right, thank you. Talk to you later. Wait, you got to tell everyone how to find you? Oh, they can't find me anymore. I told you I got kicked off of Facebook. Oh, that's right. Uh, my my uh, mom is a troublemaker. <laughs> No, I'm not a troublemaker. I didn't even do it. I didn't even have it up for like a week yet. It just was the new one with my with my maiden name and everything. And I tried to befriend everybody. You probably got a friend request yesterday. 
just go on your page and put, we want our mama Vicky Aqua back, a.k.a. Vicky Harrington, a.k.a. Mama Ola Daisy. Put it on your, everybody put it on your post. So Facebook can know that I'm the same person and stop saying some suspicious activity is going on because it's not suspicious, it's me. All right. You know, the other thing you can do, because they've talked about your IP address, you can try to see if you can request a new IP address from your server, from your provider. Yeah. Okay. Because that's how they that's how they find that is identical IP. They go by IP numbers, not by your name. I mean, you could change it to a completely, totally different name, and they would get it. Yeah, well, could anybody can still use the computer. I mean, it could be other people using it. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They just do it. And then again, I had a broken, um, a broken, um, what is it, like a little computer thing that I took to the shop, and I never picked it back up. And so I don't know if that's where the suspicious activity is coming from because they're probably using my little tablet. I don't know. I just know every time I set up a uh, set up something, it, it leaves. It's gone. It's like they don't even give me a week anymore. So just put on your thing. We want our mama, Ola Daisy, Vicky Aqua, a.k.a. Vicky Harrington, back on Facebook. Where is she? Why do you keep taking her off? All right, Everybody mama. All right. <laughs> Love you, honey. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 984. 984, you're on the air. I tried the CPAP machine. It doesn't work. Hold on. Hold on. I think this is me, man. Hey, Nala, what's up? Hey, how are you doing, sweetheart? Happy spooky, spooky day. Yeah, it's me, man. Hold on, man. I'm saying goodbye to my boy. Oh, hold on. Okay. You all right? You're going to be all right? We just fucking went through a thunderstorm, man. We're all right, right? You're going to make it home? No, we're not going to be better. (laughs) All right. All right, so I'm going to do what I'm going to do, right? And you're going to slide with me? Right? Uh, Oh, yeah. Okay, good. What's up, Nara? Not a whole lot. Just listening to your awesome little conversation with your Halloween goblin. Uh, That's my boy, my brother. Yeah. I don't leave I don't leave no man behind. And he's <laughs> and we just went we just went through a fucking thunderstorm, man, and we were both like captured up traveling to the outer banks. And uh we gotta roll. But uh anyways, it's fucking Halloween. What are you gonna say? <laughs> you know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I, I I meant to say this to you a long time ago, like a fucking year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, maybe three years ago. One thing about your your whole drift about your like your uh, advertisement on your speakeasy thing is you don't uh-huh. fucking put your fucking phone number on there. There's no phone number, and so people like you know they're like bragging around, and I'm like I'm like I I like to have to post your phone number just so my people can come and go hey. Oh, that's what he's talking about. I'm telling you, redo that shit. If you want me to redo it, I'll go into Photoshop and redo that shit. But I no, I won't, because it's not my job. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got my ass handed to me. Happy Halloween. You did. You so fuck. That's how. Yeah, that's Happy Halloween. Fucking put your phone number on, shit, girl. Okay. So I have my butt no. cheeks in my pants, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, you better feel those butt cheeks coming together because this hard one's coming in. 
you know. Oh, good Lord. So, anyways, <laughs> it is Halloween. <laughs> it is Halloween. And you know me. Um, no, you don't know me. Well, yeah, yeah, you do know me. Hold on, I gotta walk away from this uh, from this compatriot of mine, just because. I'll see you on the other side, bro. Just wait over there. We're out here in the middle of a fucking thunderstorm, man, and. Well, they said there was a tornado coming through, so we were both waiting for it to come through. And I'm like, dude, wouldn't it be great if we get captured in the middle of the eye of a thunderstorm, you know, or a tornado? You got lifted up and, and spent God, and that was Halloween, you know? <laughs> and he's like, you must be fucking crazy, bro. You know, I'm like, yeah, here, have another shot of vodka, you know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Not really, but it is what it is. I just picture so, it in my mind. <laughs> yeah, it, well, yeah, in your mind it is awesome. You I know? can see your creative poetic mind painting him this picture. Yes, and we get sucked up in the eye, and there's blue white lightning flashing by, and we get taken up, and you're sitting there going on in your in your poetic, descriptive, excited, passionate way, and he's just looking at you like, no, dude, no. <laughs> no. And he's like, he's like younger <laughs> than me, and he's like going, that can't happen, man. I got a fucking life to live. I go, you you already lived your life, dude. <laughs> it 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 just happens every moment, man. Just fucking let it happen, man. Oh, you know, it's kind of like fucking, uh, like Errol Flynn and like uh, fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Fucking, uh, uh, who's that dude that Johnny Johnny Depp played? One one of my most fucking favorite writers. Moj, uh, um, come on, man! It's fucking Halloween. I can't remember this shit because <laughs> I've been. Well, I've been traveling for days now, trying to get to the Outer Banks, man. So, um, but yeah, he's like, he's like, he's tired. I mean, he's really tired. I'm like, let's just keep going, you know. He's like, let's just take a fucking bus. I'm like, no, fuck no. Let's just fucking roll. Let's just fucking hitchhike, man. It's only fucking 500 miles. It can't be that far. You know, he's like... (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. No, dude, great. This is a great idea. Let's hitchhike 500 miles and then get sucked up a tornado's asshole to see God. Dude. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You are such an instigator. I love you. (laughs) I was born to be. Dude, no. (laughs) Oh, happy Halloween. Yeah, I don't believe in that shit. Or do, no do I believe in Christmas. But I got something for you. So, okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to read two real fast because, you know, one thing I learned about poetry is when you're doing poetry, right, it only takes a few couple of minutes. You don't mm-hmm. need really any more time than that. All these, these escalades are like, you know, Cadillacs reading for fucking 20 minutes and shit like that. You know, Eventually, people get bored. And I want to tell your readers this one thing. If you really want to write, write precise. Write to the nth degree 
and make it happen. And and get guess what? You know what? It's like this, man. A man and woman, it really doesn't last that long. When you climax, a man comes in like eight fucking seconds, okay? Uh, as in shameless, okay? With, you know, but I don't mean that facetiously, but I just mean that it doesn't really have to take that long to get to the point. It really does. It really does need to take that long, like maybe an hour at least. Well, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about exchange here. We're talking about exchange rate here. You get your eight seconds yeah, and give me my damn hour. About, you're talking about one thing, and I'm talking about another thing. I'm talking, okay? I, I, I'm sorry. You brought it up. I just had to, I had to stand up for us women in there. Welcome Halloween, you know? And if you wear a mask, guess what? It's all that more uncomfortable or comfortable, you know, when you're like, you know. Anyway, Jesus What'd you bring us to Christ. Read? I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I will mention this, man. Again, fucking put your phone number on your on your <laughs> medium, okay? Yes, and number sir. two, find a fucking way to get off the fucking block talk radio because they have screwed you around so many times. I was like probably the first because. I only got like, let's see, I got 12% of, 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 of productivity on my phone. I'm like thinking, geez, I got to come in 18 seconds. And uh, uh, otherwise, I'm going to be on the beach and I'm going to be like, oh, fuck me. I didn't get it. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, there's other ways to do what you're doing. You've been doing this for fucking like 13 years now, you know, mm-hmm. at least as I've known you, you know. Um, and it just seems like every time that you come on with a really prolific showtime, like something that's like really, you know, going to be like ultra spectorial, um, something fucks up on the other side of technology. That's not good. It's not good. You should have heard There's the beginning be, of this show. I've been I've been working on this I show. I did for hear me. it. it I went brilliant. I was I was the first one on your fucking show. Okay? I went on at five forty five point one. Okay? And I got blanked off. And I only because I, I figured, fuck man, if I don't get on this show tonight, I probably won't get on at all because I knew it was Halloween. And I don't do holidays. But yeah, <laughs> I I do know. No, we've we've been having issues all night long with the board, with calls getting dropped, everything. So it's all good, though. We don't have to, like I said, we don't have to do it pretty. We just have to do it. I don't mind messy. There is every word I ever said, my demise or my building up, those I've crossed paths with. Take a few months to be able to say I've added or subtracted love or life or dark, like the lights went off have to weigh out what comes out of my mouth. Those designs of debate only choose sides, people's minds reading, listening for a winner, my head still augmenting, a formula towards a path, reeling from the instability of how to conjoin into a conversation without devouring time, 
words are odd enough to allow someone who can't discuss simple matters of observations to not want to conjure the conversation one-sided. question is, is this the inheritance of vocal cords, humans with the instability of being able to long thought, short with temper, or is there a password that exempts one from the argument, or are there special words that allow two to communi- communicate into a natural discussion? Words in my head make me wonder, where I fall in the next sentence? Am I capable of anything other than small talk? Can I dialogue a, pi- a, par- a paragraph? In this world of words, is there anything other than small talk? It's called small talk. My name is Glenn Still. I love that. You're going to do two for us tonight? Yeah, I'll do one more real quick. I know you got a long lineup. It's it's a fucking holiday. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll give you this one. It hasn't, hasn't even been registered yet. Uh, okay. I am unemployed from time. Twist and dive, all the talk. We all live for discovery. I'm so into you. Always have been. Never wanted to be the talk of the town. Borrow down into your soul. Build a villa of me around your heart and soar. Since the wild is what it is, met a hundred girls behind masks. Fucking Halloween. Tried to hide the wild inside of you. Like you didn't want that. Every man gets jealous, trying to figure out if I've got you or if you've got me. Egoism and narcissism go together like love and hate. Can you adjust your notice? I'll judge Kate. My terms of conditions will remain the talk of the scope, fancy the empirical smile between our eyes. You are feral. Honey tasting, lips pasted with haunt. Cross your fingers. I do the same. I'll discover you as sometime come midnight. We won't ever get the chance to lay with each other unless the night beckons our urges. You are feral. Neither one of us can be caged. I rise to the sunset. So do you. It's called You Are Feral. My name is Gunstill. You can find me on Facebook. I thank you very much, Nyla. I absolutely love that piece that you just read. I know that girl. Probably because you're her. I loved that poem. That was awesome. All right, let me let you get back to your audience. All right, tell them how to find your sweetheart. Facebook, SoundCloud, Google me, Glenn Still. Oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. I want to drop a prop on somebody, okay? Um, My girl, well, she's not my girl. She's just somebody I fucking love to death because she's just... She's benefited me to the nth degree. Zoe Hansen, she's doing AMSR, which is sound. Um, it's kind of like sound. I, 
I don't get it. Well, no, I do get it. But uh, Zoe Hansen, okay, just go check her out, okay? Um, she's uh, she's come from a long lineage of uh, a fucking humanity, and I I dig her, you know. I really I really do. Never read a fucking thing from her, but I listened to her amateur, and I mean I've known her for years, and she passed my page, she passed me, and she passed my page, but. Uh, it's time for me to reach out and just say, hey, go find Zoe Hansen, okay? Z-O-E-H-A-N-Z-N, Zoe Hansen, L.A., California, coming from New York City, out of London, England, and she's proper. All right, there you go. All right, Glenn, great job tonight, sweetheart. Thank you. Yep. Got you. Happy Halloween, babe. Stay stay warm happy, and safe. Yeah. How fucking happy Halloween even exists. <laughs> You're out there. You know, that sounds so oxymoronic. It's like, you know, happy Halloween. I'll kill you on the other side. You know. Anyway, <laughs> go for it, girl. <laughs> All right, Glenn. We'll talk to you soon, hon. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Hey, 757, you are not in the lineup. If you want to come on and read tonight, please press 1. The number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. We are having lots of issues with the show tonight, so I guess sound is cutting in and out. We keep losing callers. Uh, It looks like there's more tricks than treat tonight. So uh, we're going to get a chance to uh, play some more tracks here in just a bit. We've got a couple more callers. But I did want to let area code 757 know that they're not in the lineup. If you're here just listening, welcome to the show. Appreciate you being here and spending the night with us. And uh, if you change your mind anytime, 757, just press 1, and that will put you in the lineup. All right, our next caller comes from 407. 407, you're on the air. Hey, Marilyn, it's Raymond. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, sweetheart. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Happy Halloween to you. It's uh, good to hear a... from you. All right. It's good to hear you, too. Nice show tonight. Thank you. Okay. I want to do a piece called Bread and Wine. I got another piece if I have time. But I want to do Bread and Wine tonight. Okay. And I took a bite of the spice of life to suffice the rights I left behind, and I fell from his grace. Now I'm lonely for his communion every day. We drank the wine from the vine most of the day and kept a straight face. He conferred with me what was before because of his great faith. He also spoke of things he wouldn't expose to anyone else anyway. We shared many conversations. Heck, I was his confidant. I love him so you can never know. But he knew this himself. I was mud and he was Jeff, respectfully known as Adam and God. He was first, I was last, yet a blast from the past. As he explained it to me, I was always there, and so was he, sanctified in eternity. You see, that's where dreams come from. God said to me, the breath of life, it derived from the side of what was left behind, now hidden in the flesh of mankind. Dusty, dust, dust, 
Mud is the fuss, fuss. Jeff, let me see. You're saying to me, I have the power to speak those things that are not as though they be and live therein? Yes, I am, my man. You can be the host with the most and the ghost with the toast to where you come from. For there's nothing new under the sun. Here, let us walk and talk and fly to the skies where serious thoughts reside. Let's levitate more and more. It's okay. You can roar. I own this place, too. Come, Adam. Let's make our escape. Look, there's my mercy. Here's my love. And all the rest is my grace. I created this before you were. I'm going to do it again for eternity's sake. I shouldn't be telling as it is, but I love you, man, simply because you've been given so much potential in this image. All this space with so many speckles of light makes me feel lonely and wanting more bread. Is it normal for me to feel like this when beholding your glories on my head? Yes, my child, indeed you're getting lightheaded. For your flesh and blood was not made to go this high without a gas. That was when I realized that we were also friends. Besides, I have to tend to places of the deep, he said to me. But my other good things call me and speak of their feet. But I know that you can't go with me at this time. You make me happy. You give me gladness. Your goodness speaks volumes to me in this way of being. Please, O oh Lord of hosts, visit this supplication again soon. As for now, let me rest, for your Sabbath is just hours away, and paradise calls to me to tend this tapestry. Oh, I understand, my man. Do your business and enjoy your rest, or pleasure is yours to have. I'll work the oath again one day soon and check upon you. And you love lives to be first. We said these things because we love one another knowing the righteousness is in us. Now I miss those days in our home, God say, for the true bread and wine, the Holy Father, the God above, the creator of all mankind. And like the spectacle of a soap dish, we harsh and contrary poetry, a grown man is being babysat by the family that once loved him. I've got a fear that final is far too deep. I'm frantically chasing the now dream. Catching a glimpse of what was flowers from heaven for the centerpiece of my cease. Forgotten for now, I'm flying to the end of fragments of forever. I'll never feel free again. Never host my good friend. I wonder if he'll ever embrace ever the soul of me. I'm lost and tossed in a triangle gravity pulling state. Tipped to a degree of travesty. Terrified and thrown to the trash. Temporarily to be a testimony to many. I'm thrust to a new homegrown for total transformation, from bread and wine to pickles and ice cream, intertwined with Elohim. Today I speak to savor the flavory sweet, just to smell the blessings she first bestowed upon me. That's bread and wine. And that this is something an awesome uh, read. Yeah. This is something that I wrote with... Uh, one of my favorites is my Edgar Allan Poe, and I uh, put this piece together. It's not too long. It's called Embedded by You. 
Some never escape the facade of the mystique. The rest pray until they grave, feverishly etching the now dream, never seeming to validate the resuscitation of the feast promised the lovely. What a day in which we lay, candid grace made of invisible matter. An untouchable blue cloud is what the star provides, and we see, but can't be, just peculiar down here. Here's a friend down here within the whole of the soul where it makes us a bow because we be told. You can't, though. Energy is pulling towards the ground, and in our minds we fly all the way to where the glories reside, only to open our eyes to see why we be a base anyway. For a moment, connecting the cosmos to a supernatural being, but he ain't seen because of the dust covering us. And he's our true friend in this great swallow we rush to become. With the far, that fear is final and deep. Frantically, we chase the now dream. I want to be free to be, never not to be. You see, the Samistians, they got my feet holding on with their teeth, stopping me from being free in the land of the so-called living, through the me I'm supposed to be. I'm commanded to retrieve one from the living soul to carry a righteous glory, even as the soldier of eternity to glean in a thorough skip flight, but he want to fight with the soul of me. As they pull from beneath the surface of our feet, seems like their teeth. How could they be underneath and walk on our minds at the same time? Well, they glide to glide. We want to ride because they're from on the high side where real serious thoughts reside, where we want to be. I want to be free. It's reminding me of the feast you promised me. Soon hope will be alone, standing in space where no one can hold on. Such a precious thing it is, and to live within would be the ultimate sacrifice for all men. Oh, the gins at the appointed time. Besides, the submissive funkiness has my mind winding a lie of a man-made guy that goes high as the feet provide. Here, let me stop. I'm going to pop. It's too much from the dust I come from. But I got to run the catwalk of this low. So I go to the deep where no man can reassure me. There I hear a cry from the inside of my own mind. See, as a friend dressed in power and dominion, principalities with thoughts aimed straight for the sons of God's heart. Hear me when I speak. I'm talking to man, not the creator of all beings. There's only one way to complete the naturalistical submissive fuckingness residentially embedded in this bayou called life. It's through the commandment of Christ. Let me not worry about those things I may think. Thus, allow me to speak the feelings in me. Greater love had no man than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, my fellow man. You have the love, the faith to manifest the power that dominate this place in a glorious way. The free I crave to be is not putting up with Lucifer and his wannabes. I want you to see this body of me longs to be truly free, to meet thee in glory. Judge thou me. That's my piece. My name is Raymond. You can reach me on Facebook. It's Raymond Bentley. And um, thanks for indulging me. Thank you for being here tonight and reading, Hunt. Great job. Okay. Thank you. Good night, all. All right.
Bye bye, sweetie. Bye bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code. Dun, dun, dun. Let me uh, come on board, behave. There we go. All right, our next caller comes from area code 919. 919, you're on the air. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello to you. <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy spooky, spooky night. Oh, yeah, yeah. The freak's coming out tonight. <laughs> so make sure you introduce yourself. Hello out there in Radio Land. My name is Granville John Hedrington. Coming out of Raleigh, North Carolina. And all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Facebook. Granville John Hedrington. And Instagram, same. Find me on Tidal, uh, iTunes. Most oh, I have a new book on Amazon Poetry Photos Volume 3 and some digital downloads. I am still trying to accomplish and finish up. And 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 think that's about it. Oh, tonight is Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. I think I was thinking about doing something a little bit morbid. Well, as morbid as I can get. <laughs> we all have our boundaries, you know. <laughs> yeah. Some, some, someone told me a long time ago, I, I write samba. That was samba. a long time. Samba. Now, it was true. It was, I remember back in those days, my work was a little bit samba. My work is more, it's not happy, but it's hopeful. That's how I will put it. But tonight, I'm going to give you... I know I was going to give you this poem for starters. This poem is called The Dark Lord. The Dark Lord enters my driveway. Oh, how he freaked Frequent my gate. He saunters towards my door. I open before he knocks. You look tired, demon. I say to him. He pushes past between the door and myself. And take a seat, for dear life, it seems, answers, tired Granville, so damn tired. This duty of mine, this task I am to perform, so people fear me and hate me, and you Granville despise me and are less fearing than most. Why do you think I visit you so often, as often as I avoid you? 
you make me question my existence. I listen to the demon spew his tale of a tormented soul, and I feel no pity. For already he is reprieved and rises defiantly. I brace myself for all hell and what's next when he says, not you, Granville, not tonight, some less fortunate soul, but not you. But rest assured that I will be back and all hell shall come with me. And I will be waiting, demon, I said. Thank you, Granville, he says. Thank you for the brief respite as he leaves my house. I say, you are not welcome, Iman. You are not welcome. Thank you very much. Demon made a booty call. Huh? The demon made a booty call on you. No, we, we you know he he visited me a lot because we we, we had to walk. <laughs> that he, was an incredibly, incredibly amazing piece. I honestly think that's one of my favorite you've ever read on here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've, I've, I don't I get to read it too many times, but I was thinking that Halloween is probably the right time. It is a great time, and any time. I mean, that that is just, you know, the whole con, the whole conflict of humanity in that, wrapped up in that piece. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved that piece. Thank you, thank you. And, and, and it's true because I, I have another one that, I can remember about, uh, you know what? I can perform the other one too. Okay. It's called, I can remember the first time I performed it. And when I finished the poem, I was, in a, I was in a building and we were having the open mic downstairs and they were serving dinner upstairs. And when I finished the, the, that poem, the other poem, the whole audience upstairs and downstairs erupted in in applause. And and then and then I thought to myself, damn, everybody knows the devil. <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows the devil. He's a bad man. Okay. Yes, they do. Yeah. Let me give you this other poem then. Uh about the devil too. It's called uh what is it called? I haven't done it in a long time. Uh oh, the son of God. Meet the prince of darkness. The devil knocks at my door. He does so often. The devil knocks at my door. He does so often. Sometimes. I let him in. 
today is one of those times. It's on. He knows it's on. He comes in and takes a seat. And I do likewise. Then the mind games begin. He stares at me and I at him. He knows I know who he is and why I let him in. We fought before, many times before. He is my admirer. He quotes me, tries to woo me, but he knows that I despise him. But he is back. You can't stop the devil from trying. And we fight. And fight some more. I am in hell with this demon. There is no quarter given. There is none required. For he is what he is. I am that I am. The rock, the carnage, the angels, they cheer for me. While his acolytes stand in awe. I am second guessing myself. Why? Did I let this bastard in? The battle lasts for hours, days, weeks, until finally I put my foot in his behind and send him scurrying. Reluctantly he leaves, still angry, I watch as he disappears from sight. And I know that he will be back. It is what he does. He is the benighted one. The prince of darkness. He shall be forever at my heels for when he comes to my house he sees what most do not see he sees my sign that reads the son of God in training thank you thank you very much Naira? Hello? What?
Haunted Houses All houses wherein men have lived and died are haunted houses. Through the open doors the harmless phantoms of their errands glide with feet that make no sound upon the floors. We meet them at the doorway, on the stair, along the passages they come and go, impalpable impressions on the air, a sense of something moving to and fro. There are more guests at table than the hosts invited. The illuminated hall is thronged with quiet, inoffensive ghosts, as silent as the pictures on the wall. The stranger at my fireside cannot see the forms I see, nor hear the sounds I hear. He but perceives what is, while unto me all that has been is visible and clear. We have no title deeds to house or lands, Owners and occupants of earlier dates, from graves forgotten, stretch their dusty hands and hold in mortmain still their old estates. The spirit world around this world of sense floats like an atmosphere, and everywhere wafts through these earthly mists and vapors dense a vital breath of more ethereal air. Our little lives are kept in equipoise by opposite attractions and desires, the struggle of the instinct that enjoys and the more noble instinct that aspires. These perturbations, this perpetual jar of earthly wants and aspirations high, come from the influence of an unseen star, an undiscovered planet in our sky. And as the moon from some dark gate of cloud throws o'er the sea a floating bridge of light, across whose trembling planks our fancies crowd into the realm of mystery and night. So from the world of spirits there descends a bridge of light, connecting it with this, o'er whose unsteady floor that sways and bends wander our thoughts above the dark abyss. All right, let's try this again. Granville, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, all right. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened, but I was... uh, You couldn't hear me after your piece, so... um, yeah, I had to play that track real quick because I didn't want you just sitting there wondering where I went. So, awesome read, and do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you. Yes, everyone. You can find me on Facebook, Granville John Hedrington, and on Instagram, same name, or Granville Hedrington, .gh, Instagram, and Amazon. I have a couple of books there. And uh, you can check me out on iTunes and some, some most of those other downloading media and stuff and stuff. And if you want to hire me, and I'll be happy to perform for you, it'd be up on FB. Or you can email me, granvillejohnhedrington.gh at gmail.com. It'll be all up there. I just inbox me. 
Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Great job tonight, baby. Thank you, Nella. You have a blessed evening, Queen. (laughs) You too, hon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so we have area code 757 on the line, but your hand is not up. I'm going to check with you real quick and see if there's some issue you're having where you can't get on. If you don't want to come on the air, 757, just don't say anything. Just ignore me, okay? So let's see if we can grab them. 757, did you want to come on the air? All right. Let's go ahead and mute them. All right. So if you change your mind at any time and you can press one, then press one and let me know to bring you on. I'm going to go ahead and play uh, some audio tracks real quick and see if I can figure out what's going on with my board here. Um, let me double check with 919. Have you been on the air? Yes, I have. This is Granville. Okay, okay, Granville. Awesome. All right. Okay, here we go. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and play a couple tracks for you, some spooky stuff I uploaded for tonight's special. See if I can get these gremlins out of the switchboard, and we will be right back. Lenore. Ah, broken is the golden bowl, the spirit flown forever. Let the bell toll, a saintly soul floats on the Stygian river. And Gaidevere, hast thou no tear? Weep now or nevermore. See, on yon drear and rigid bier low lies thy love, Lenore. Come, let the burial rite be read, the funeral song be sung. An anthem for the queenliest dead that ever died so young. A dirge for her, the doubly dead, in that she died so young. Wretches, ye loved her for her wealth and hated her for her pride. And when she fell in feeble health, ye blessed her that she died. How shall the ritual then be read, the requiem how be sung? By you, by yours the evil eye, by yours the slanderous tongue, that did to death the innocence that died and died so young? Pecavimus, but rave not thus, and let a Sabbath song go up to God, so solemnly the dead may feel no wrong. The sweet Lenore hath gone before, with hope that flew beside leaving thee wild for the dear child that should have been thy bride. For her, the fair and debonair that now so lowly lies, the life upon her yellow hair but not within her eyes, the life still there upon her hair, the death upon her eyes. Avaunt, avaunt from fiends below, the indignant ghost is riven from hell unto a high estate far up within the heaven, from grief and groan to a golden throne beside the king of heaven. Let no bell toll then, lest her soul amid its hallowed mirth should catch the note as it doth float up from the damned earth. And I, tonight my heart is light, no dirge will I appraise, but waft the angel on her flight with a paean of old days. And entrails throw, toad that under cold stone, days and nights has thirty-one. Sweated venom sleeping got, boil thou first in the charmed pot. Double, double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. 
fillet of a finny snake in the cauldron boil and bake, eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog, adder's fork and blind worm's sting, lizard's leg and owlet's wing. For a charm so powerful trouble, like the hell broth boil and bubble, double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Scale of dragon, tooth of wolf, witch's mummy, maw and gulf, of the raven salt sea shark, root of hemlock digged in the dark, liver of blaspheming Jew, gall of goat and slips of yew, silvered in the moon's eclipse, nose of Turk and Tata's lips, finger of birth-strangled babe, ditch delivered by a drab, make the gruel thick and slab. Add thereto a tiger's chaldron for the ingredients of our cauldron. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Cool it with a baboon's blood, then the charm is firm and good. The Nightmare Lake by H.P. Lovecraft Read by Nick Gisburn There is a lake in distant Zan Beyond the wanted haunts of man Where broods alone in a hideous state A spirit dead and desolate A spirit ancient and unholy Heavy with fearsome melancholy Which from the waters dull and dense Draws vapors cursed with pestilence. Around the banks, a mire of clay, Sprawl things offensive in decay, And curious birds that reach that shore Are seen by mortals nevermore. Here shines by day the searing sun, On glassy wastes beheld by none, And here by night pale moonbeams flow Into the deeps that yawn below. In nightmares only is it told What scenes beneath those beams unfold What scenes too old for human sight Lie sunken there in endless night For in those depths there only pace The shadows of a voiceless race One midnight redolent of ill I saw that lake asleep and still while in the lurid sky there rode a gibbous moon that glowed and glowed. I saw the stretching marshy shore, and the foul things those marshes bore, lizards and snakes convulsed and dying, ravens and vampires putrefying, all these and hovering o'er the dead, now coffer-guy that on them fed. And as the dreadful moon climbed high, Frightening the stars from out the sky, I saw the lake's dull water glow, Till sunken things appeared below. 
there shone, unnumbered fathoms down, the towers of a forgotten town, the tarnished domes and mossy walls, weed-tangled spires and empty halls, deserted fanes and vaults of dread, and streets of gold uncoveted. These I beheld, and saw beside a horde of shapeless shadows glide, a noxious horde which to my glance seemed moving in a hideous dance round slimy sepulchres that lay beside a never-travelled way. Straight from those tombs a heaving rose that vexed the water's dull repose, while lethal shades of upper space howled at the moon's sardonic face. Then sank the lake within its bed, sucked down to caverns of the dead, till from the reeking new-stripped earth curled fetid fumes of noisome birth. About the city, nigh uncovered, the monstrous dancing shadows hovered, when, lo, there oped with sudden stir the portal of each sepulchre. No ear may learn, no tongue may tell, what nameless horror then befell. I see that lake, that moon a-grin, that city and the things within. Waking, I pray that on that shore the nightmare lake may sink no more. THE APPARITION When by thy scorn, O murderess, I am dead, and that thou thinkest thee free from all solicitation from me, then shall my ghost come to thy bed, and thee feigned vestal in worse arms shall see. Then thy sick taper will begin to wink, and he, whose thou art then, being tired before, will, if thou stir or pinch to wake him, think thou callest for more and in false sleep will from thee shrink. And then, poor aspen wretch, neglected thou, bathed in a cold quicksilver sweat, will lie a verier ghost than I. What will I say I will not tell thee now, lest that preserve thee? And since my love is spent, I'd rather thou shouldst painfully repent than by my threatenings rest still innocent. Like hope to mortals given. But their red 
Spirits of the Dead. I'm going to go ahead. We are having issues with our switchboard, so if you're trying to call in and you're getting that fast, busy signal, it's just goblins in there uh, playing tricks on us, so just keep trying to call in, and you'll be able to get on. I'm going to see if I can unmute 336. 336, are you with me? Yes, thank you for taking my call. Hey, sweetheart, how are you doing? I'm doing good. My name is Dennis, and I have a poem um, about Count Dracula. Okay. So it's actually from the perspective of Count, if Count Dracula were to have a brother. Okay. My name is Count Dracula. I have brother named Count Cocula. I want to fuck my cock. I want to lick my balls. You know, everybody has to have a hobby on Halloween night. <laughs> okay, so area code three, six. Yeah, I got that written number written down. That's awesome. Okay, so I am going to go ahead and play a couple tracks. We are having issues with the silly board tonight. So if you're trying to call in, like I said, just keep trying. And this piece that I'm going to play next is actually one of my absolute favorites. By Edgar Allan Poe. Um, it's called Alone, and I think it really kind of talks about that dark side of his. Here you go. From childhood's hour, I have not been as others were. I have not seen as others saw. I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source, I have not taken my sorrow. I could not awaken my heart to joy at the same tone. And all I loved, I loved alone. Then in my childhood, in the dawn of a most stormy life, was drawn from every depth of good and ill, the mystery which binds me still. From the torrent of the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled in its autumn tint of gold, from the lightning in the sky as it passed me flying by, from the thunder and the storm and the cloud that took the form when the rest of heaven was blue of a demon in my view Alone by Edgar Allan Poe Thank you. 
piece. It's absolutely one of my favorite Poe pieces ever. So I uploaded some pretty cool stuff um, for tonight to share with you. Lorena McKenna is absolutely one of my favorite singers um, for a lot of reasons. And, and some of them you may not know, even if you've heard Lorena, McK- of McK- Lorena McKenna and heard her music before, you may not be aware of this fact that probably 80% of her songs are not written by her. They are actually word for word classic poems that have been written. Like I started the, I'm going to play both of these for you back to back so you can hear them together. But um, she does a lot of classic poems in her songs and you'll be able to hear this. So I'm going to play, this is the, the poem is The Stolen Child by William Butler Yeats. And I'm going to play his poem first and then I'm going to come back on and we're going to play you Lorena McKennett singing that song of his. Now, the Stolen Child is also one of my absolute favorite poems since childhood. Just because, I mean, it sounds like such a nursery rhyme, but if you listen to it, it's really, really dark. You know, and this, this poem was in, I actually had an antique book of children's poetry that was given to me. And this poem was in there. And I thought, you know, they're letting little kids read this. This is in a children's book. You know, and this is actually a very, very dark piece. So this is The Stolen Child. Uh, Do I have it? Um, No, those are both. That's it. Where is it? Let me pull it up. Let me find it real quick. I want to make sure I've got it. Um, Stolen. Make sure I play the right. There it is. Make sure I play the right version. All right. So this is uh, the Spoken it's a performance piece, but this is a spoken word poem being read, The Stolen Child, and it's by William Butler Gates. Where dips the rocky highland of Sleuthwood in the lake? There lies a leafy island where flapping herons wake the drowsy water rats. There we feed our fairy vats full of berries and the bread of stolen cherries. Come away, O human child, to the waters and the wild with a fairy hand in hand. For the world's more full of weeping than he can understand. Where the wave of moonlight crosses the dim gray sands with light. Far off by furthest rosses, we footed all the night, weaving olden dances, mingling hands and mingling glances, till the moon has taken flight. To and fro we leap and chase the frothy bubbles, while the world is full of troubles and anxious in its sleep. Come away, O human child, to the waters and the wild, with a fairy hand in hand, for the world is more full of weeping than you can understand. Away with us he's going, the solemn-eyed. He'll hear no more the lowing of the calves on the warm hillside, or the cattle on the hob sing peace into his breast, or see the brown mice bob round and round the oatmeal chest. For he comes, the human child, to the waters and the wild, with a fairy hand in hand, for the world's more full of weeping than he can understand. 
That's my favorite piece, um, recorded piece of that poem. I absolutely love it. And the video that goes along with it is just amazing. So that was a spoken word version of The Stolen Child. Um, so I'm performing the, I don't have to perform it. There's no name on it. So I didn't get that. I was able to get that information. It's just the name of the poem, The Stolen Child, and, and that it was Yeats. Um, but I wanted to play the version of this by Lorena McKennett, who turned it into a song. First of all, it's really cool if you can get someone to take one of your poems and work on music and, and uh, turn it into a song for you so you can hear it being sung. It's a really, really cool experience. But, you know, it's such a dark piece, this this poem is. And so, you know, I figured I was I wanted to play it for you for Halloween, but I figured if I was going to do that, then I wanted you to hear the uh, the song version of the poem and it is word for word you know there was nothing changed around to fit the melody there was nothing she had to move it is word for word the poem being sung so this is Lorena McKennett with The Stolen Child here you go
You know, it'd be really fun sometime to really take a look into some of these pieces, especially this piece, um, it, just because I absolutely love it, and I think it has a really incredible message to it, the story behind it, the whole culture and history, and the the tradition in the footprint, you know, the, the origins of the footprint of that whole poem is absolutely amazing. So I think it, it's kind of fun sometimes, you know, maybe it's just the nerdy nerd in me, um, you know, to be able to sit and talk about things like that. Um, I really am kind of a mis- mis- uh, history nerd, and I absolutely love looking at, like, Shakespeare plays. And because he was incredible, uh, you know, there's actually a very strong contemporary way in which he writes that is absolutely timeless because he really pokes fun at human nature. And human nature is something that never changes. It is what it is. And so in his place, he really pokes fun at human nature and makes, and makes fun of us, you know, and I don't think a lot of people get that, you know, that he's, he's, most of his plays are really a big fuck you in our face for being human. You know, it's really, his, his poet or his, his plays are really interesting to me. And a lot of the old poetry is too. The Lorena McKennett does another song, uh, in fact, she does a ton of them. You guys just need to look her up if you if you know if you find this interesting at all. But she does another one. Then I was going to upload the spoken version of this poem um, to play tonight for Halloween, but I decided that I was going to. That can't be right. We'll see if that's right. I may end up having to cut this one a little bit short. But this is her doing a piece called "The Highwayman," and that piece is actually done by uh, Alfred Nose, and that was written back, um, he was born in like 1880, so this was a turn of the century into like, you know, 1920s era, Um, I think when he wrote this, I don't remember exactly when he wrote this, but uh, the Highwayman, and it's an, just an epic tale, an amazing piece, and I love the way that she performed this into music without changing one single word of the poem. To me, that's really interesting, and we're going, we are working on the switchboard, you guys. If you are trying to call in and you're getting that fast, busy signal, know that uh, I'm trying to get to you, okay? I'm going to keep you entertained till then. So this is Lorena McKenna, same singer, but with a different poem called The Highwayman, which is perfect for Halloween night. Mm-hmm. 
Troop is marching 
lingers, glistens, as nature listens to our call, silken fingers incite the torrents of the rainmaker's spawn. Cytherea's employ on this night. Praise the casting shadows of the light, fading all but the sight of you. Only you transform this lycanthrope's hunger, prowling, devouring a spell you cast. I fall under enchanted wonder, your physique, unique in stride and technique, with the wand you wave, you're in grave danger, treading water in this turbulent sea, rendered beach swimmer to the slaughter of the shark. A fervent Let me eat you. Give in to the violent nature of the beast and rest assured your fate's design is the very least of your worries. Better hurry. Swim while you can against the tide. Your tiresome, powerless prowess is in for one hell of a ride. As I tear inside the flesh, rip apart your thighs, you can't hide from the outcome. Purging my hunger, casting asunder your limbs at my beckoning whim. And that's just where we begin. Savored flavors of fluids kiss. Every predator's undying bliss to ingest the divine. Slowing. The hands of time. My prey by design. Screams as if awoken to dreams. Of nectar flowing from my chin. In cascading streams. Raining upon the chest of the beast. Pouring forth the fluids your desires released. Further fervor increased to an explosive eruption. At the waiting lips of your lichen's consumption. Every drop falls into place. What a wonderful taste. Under a beautiful moon, with a beautiful creature, I hope to meet one day soon. Let me eat you. Okay, that was Jason Tucker with Nature of the Beast. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can get this caller unmuted. Let's try that again. 419, are you with me? 
yes. Hello, sweetheart. I'm so glad you were able to make it on. Yes. Hi. Hi. Okay. I uh, have a new poem. Uh, Introduce yourself to everybody first. Okay. My name is Melvin. Uh, See, I know who you are because I'm a groupie, but we want to make sure everyone else does too. All right. Yeah. My name is Melvin. Um, it's uh, actually I just finished it today. I started it last week. Um, I, you know, uh, last week, last Thursday was actually my birthday, and um, so. Well, happy birthday, uh, you! Birthday to you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. What day was? And, uh, last Thursday. Last Thursday. Uh-huh. Ah, I didn't sing happy birthday to you. I didn't tell you. <laughs> That's too bad. You ready? Happy birthday uh, yes. to you. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Happy birthday, Melvin Douglas Johnson. I love you dearly. <laughs> Yay for you. Happy day. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. So, so actually, I turned 80 years old. And, That's a lie. No, it's not. I, I don't believe and, you. You can say it, but I don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> and uh, my my kids actually threw a party for me Saturday, and it was pretty good. Uh, you know, friends and uh, everything. So I wrote a poem. It's called Reflections on Turning 80. Joy, oh joy, oh joy. I turned 80 years old today. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I've seen some things along the way. Raised by a single mom in a rooming house in the hood. Sometimes things were bad. Sometimes things were good. Can remember playing hopscotch, root the pig, and things. Can remember spending nights alone and the torment that it brings. Can remember my two uncles coming home from World War II and my grandma asking God each day if he could see them through. And I remember plain as day when my uncle told me one night and when the war was over, how they wasn't treated right. And Lottie, I remember how his eyes began to swell because the country he had fought for was just a different kind of hell. And I remember good times at Boss Field and City Park, hanging with my friends until way after dark. And I remember high school and being in a gang, dudes hanging out on corners in the doo-wop that we sang. And Lottie, Mississippi, I sure did hate that place. But it prepared me for the bigotry, the racism I would face. And I remember brothers saying, I demand my civil rights, and a power sign that meant until the death that we would fight. I've traveled many places, and of this I have to say that everywhere I've been, I was blessed along the way. And I loved me some Tokyo, Yokohama, and Manila. And up north, that me flower where I hung out in the villa. And after 20 years of service, it was good to come back home to spend time with my mama and raise a family of my own. And I swear he would have been with me if I had only known. And if I traveled back through this 80-year-old mind, I guess I have to say that mostly life's been kind. Each day is a new beginning, and each night before it ends, I say a prayer to my God for my family and my friends. Joy, oh joy, oh joy. I turned 80 years old today. Boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, I've seen some things along the way. 
and poem. Melvin, that was amazing. You know, you're reading that, and I'm sitting here looking at a picture of you where you're messing around in your dorm room in Japan, and you've got your little stooped cuffs up. you got your fists up, man, and you got this big grin on your face, and you're wearing like a poet's hat, but you're dressed to the nines. I mean, you are looking really sharp in that in, in your suit there. I love that picture. I love looking at your pictures. I really am kind of a stalker with you. I hope you don't mind because I, I really do. Oh, at all. <laughs> I love I love looking at your pictures, and there's the one of you on the waterfront with the shorts on. Oh yeah, that was that was like uh, one of the bases I was stationed at. One was actually surrounded yeah. by beaches. That beach was right across the street from my barracks. I think I'm looking for it, but I don't see it. I think my favorite, my very favorite one of you, the one that I, the very first one I ever saw. You're standing. You're wearing a suit, standing by a bus. I think. Yes, that was yeah. the first one I ever posted on Facebook when I first um, got on Facebook. That was the first first picture that I ever posted. I love that picture. I love that picture. So congratulations on your birthday. And you are, you know, it may have been your birthday, but you are definitely the gift to me. So um, thank We're Mama for you. Other. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sweetheart, great job. Thank you so much. Did you want to read a second mm-hmm. one? Um, it'll have to come from the top of my head because that's the only one I had in front of me. I can do another one if you want me to. I would um, love to have you do another one. Okay. Um, I, I, I'll do one. Um, this one, I've done it before. Uh, you said you liked it, so I'm going to do it. It's called A Letter to My Son. I'm writing you this letter, man, because cause I want you to be a better man, and I pray to God you can't see because I don't want you to be like me. And I know I caused you strife by, by not being a part of your life. See, your, mom's, your mom should have been my wife, but I wasn't down with that. For me, the streets was where it was at, and I wasn't there to watch you grow. See, I was too busy getting paid, making money and getting laid, and I didn't know. The pain that you were feeling and the pain you may be still in and Man, this shit is killing me because I never wanted to be the man my daddy was. So he was a pimp monkey, a street junkie who never cared for nothing but so. Left me and mom's on the show. Mom turned the booze, what more could I lose? So I took my cues from the street. But you can beat these traps that we fall in. You can be the master of your calling because it's not too late for you to get your head off straight. Don't let the streets claim you. Let no one defame you. And when folks try to game you, just say no. See, I was thinking of you, and I just wanted to tell you that I love you. So I'm writing you this letter, man, because I want you to be a better man, and I pray to God you can. Much love, Dad and Paul. I remember when I heard you read that for the first time, and being a single mom, you know, of three Mm -hmm. boys, it really Mm -hmm. struck home with me. It really... You know, it's it said a lot. It, it was so it was manning up. You know, yeah. to you know not not passing the buck or placing blame. It was manning up for who you are and taking responsibility for who you are, and for what you want to be. You know, yeah. and I just thought it was super super powerful. I absolutely love it. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome, sweetheart. And I'm sit- I'm sitting here. I think it's a picture of you holding your son. Uh huh. Look 
at those guns on you. You got, you got some you nice big arms there. Yeah, a picture of you, the just gorgeous buff guy holding this little itty bitty baby. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome pictures. I really love looking at your pictures. All right, great job tonight, Melvin. Thank you so much for for trying and getting in, and appreciate you so much, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you. Appreciate you. You can find me on Facebook under Melvin Douglas Johnson uh, or on YouTube under Melvin My Three. Very cool. All right, my dear. We will talk to you next week. I will try to make it. All right, baby. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. You've been listening to the Halloween special Dead Man's Party at the Speakeasy Cafe Cafe for Halloween. We've had all kinds of gremlins and crap going on and the board messing up and and people not being able to get on and calls dropping and me disappearing. And But we got through it together, and it was a really fun night for me. And I appreciate you guys being here. I'm going to close the show with a piece by uh, Ron Constantine. It's called The Conqueror Worm, and he is absolutely amazing. We will see you guys next week. Happy Halloween. Have fun tonight. Be safe. Good night, everybody. Lo, tis a gator night. Within the lonesome later years, an angel throng, bewinged, bedight, in veils and drowned in tears, sit in theaters a seer, a play of hopes and fears, while the orchestra breathes fitfully the music of the spheres, mimes in the form of God on high, mutter and mumble low, and hither and thither fly, mere puppets they, who gum and go, at bidding of vast formless things that shift the scenery to and fro, flappering from the condor wings, invisible woe, that motley drama will be sure, it shall not be forgot with its phantom chased forevermore. By that crowd it sees it not through a circle that ever returneth in this to the same spot and much more madness and more of sin and horror horror the soul of the plot see amid the mimic rot a crawling shape intrude blood-red thing that rithers from out the scientific solitude it rithers it rithers a mortal pangs the minds become its food and seraph soft in vermin fangs in human gore in blood out there are lights out and all and over each quivering form the curtain of funeral pall it comes down with the rush of the storm with the angels all piled in one uprising unveiling affirm that the play is a tragedy man and its hero, the Conqueror Worm.